fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? Happy pre-Friday, baby. The greatest day of the entire week. We are... Getting you set for another weekend. You are almost there, man. I know it's been a difficult one because of the long week, and we're here to make it make it just slightly more entertaining, or at least fill the time for you one hour at a time. Welcome into the program, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. For some reason, oh, there it is. It is working. All right, we're back at it. We had some audio issues on our live video streams, and I don't know what was going on, but I think we're back at it. Um, and it should, I think, I see levels on there now, so <laughs> I think we're working. I think everything's okay. Everybody calm down. All good. We will survive another day. All right, coming up on the show today, big one lined up as usual, Trevor Loudon. He is the author of multiple books. His latest one, Security Risk Senators, Part 1 and Part 2, Arizona to Massachusetts, and Security Risk Senators, Part Dose, Michigan to uh, Wisconsin. That must be a lot. We'll talk about the potential threats. Uh, I don't know if you're aware or not of the process to become an elected official, but are some elected officials in Washington, D.C., and I really want you to think about this for the next half hour until he comes on at the bottom, on which elected officials may be the biggest security threats to the United States. I could think of a couple just right offhand. I could think of a few. So we'll see which ones those may be, and we'll get your thoughts on those in just a little bit. Welcome into it. We have uh, the latest news. I guess we can get into our biggest breaking news story of the day in our What's Trending. What's Trending Today. Which is goes right into the security risks of the day as well. And I have to admit, I think I now want to become a... I want to become a law enforcement officer, at least one that works at the White House where they have massive corruption and they don't even care if there is massive corruption <laughs> because you don't have to do a whole lot. Apparently now, obviously they do. And God bless all of our, elect, our, our law enforcement officials in every agency from, uh, you know, city police and county sheriffs and uh, Kansas uh, Highway Patrol across the nation. I said Kansas Highway Patrol being in Kansas. But uh, why am I getting... I don't know what's going on here. We're getting some kind of weird feedback. I don't know. I'll have to look into that here in just a little bit. But nonetheless, hold on. Let me try it. There we go. I, get to, I, I hate when I get the feedback in my ear. I can't hear myself. Uh, nonetheless, I give all the respect to law enforcement across all the way up to the point of the FBI, CIA, Secret Service. They are amazing men and women. They do things that none of us or very few of us would actually care to do or want to do. And they are amazing people. However, that being said, the big headline of the day, according to CNN, that just posted this just about an hour ago, is that the Secret Service has officially concluded their investigation on the cocaine that was found at the White House. It's done. They, they, they concluded it. Now, with the conclusion of the investigation on the cocaine, we should have somebody in custody, right? I mean, an illegal possession of illegal, illegal drugs. And they obviously went into one of the most secure places on the face of the earth. And therefore, we should have somebody or a group of individuals arrested and actually imprisoned for carrying an illegal drug into the most secure building in the country, for sure, probably on the face of the earth. However, 
The investigation has concluded that the Secret Service has said that they are unable to identify a suspect, according to the statement from U.S. Secret Service and the FBI. Oh, yes. According to the story from CNN, Secret Service officials have combed through their security systems and indexed the several hundred individuals who entered the West Wing in the days preceding the discovery and were unable to identify a suspect, according to the statement from Secret Service, saying the FBI lab results from the packaging found, quote, insufficient DNA that could not retrieve any fingerprints. Therefore, the Secret Service is not able to compare evidence against the known pool of individuals. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, by any means. But you would think, as a semi-cognitive thinking individual, especially those that are detectives and problem solvers in our highest law enforcement agencies in the nation, you would think that if you have a certain pool of individuals that you're investigating, apparently they did not do any interviews, they just combed through some of the security cameras, and they couldn't find who actually placed it there. If you have the pool of individuals that you have combed through and have not found said culprit, normal people would then widen that search to a broader amount of potential suspects and a broader time frame in order to investigate on how and where that little bit of cocaine came from that was littered into the cubby full of electronics in the basement of an entrance point of the West Wing of the White House. That you would widen that pool to include other individuals. Now, we know why they're not including those other individuals is because those other individuals that we have a very strong inkling of who potentially could have been involved with this cocaine scandal uh, are the ones that are trying to tell the Secret Service and FBI not to look deeper into that so that way they can, can keep on doing it. Here's the crazy kicker about this, though, is that they have also admitted, according to Fox News, that Secret Service has also admitted that outside of the cocaine that was found just a week or so ago during the 4th of July weekend... That back in 2022, they have also found numerous different drops of marijuana in the White House as well. Now, <laughs> I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking that the White House is one crazy party animal place. There, I mean, this is where the raves happen and all the crazy shenanigans and malarkey happen in Washington D.C. If you want a good party, man, hey, I know a place, and it sounds like it's going to be the West Wing of the White House. Now, again, they don't know any culprits. They haven't investigated it really. They don't know exactly where this is actually coming. Oh, I know where that's coming from. There we go. That's a, That would actually be make sense. I'm sorry. I found my culprit of my double audio. There we go. Sorry to be so um, squirrel today. Nonetheless, I know what you're thinking is that, hey, there's a common denominator here. I don't remember where there was ever any type of illicit drug that was found at the White House on multiple occasions under the same administration, which means you could probably find some type of common denominator on where this is coming from. And the fact that we haven't investigated this deeper and the FBI and Secret Service have just closed the case on the cocaine incident means that we know that they were probably receiving phone calls saying, hey, make this go away. But this is wild because this is really like the kid that got busted with marijuana in his room and said, I wasn't smoking it. I was holding it for somebody else. I I wasn't doing it. I was holding it for somebody else. That's what we're at right now in Washington, D.C. on our level of in uh, enforcement of the illegal drugs that are floating around the White House right now with known drug users where we're just like, yeah, whatever. It's OK. And that's why we say I would totally love to be part of that law enforcement agency where we're like, hey, our job is to crack down and find the criminal on an issue, 
But at the White House, we're just like, meh, it's cool. I'm going to look through the weekend where they found it. We're going to look through that weekend of screenings of the cameras. And after that, well, we didn't find anything. Oh, darn. We'll just close the case and just not have to worry about it any longer. This is how stupid they think we are of maybe you should broaden those horizons. But we can't do that because that would be really, really bad. And that would look really bad against the Biden administration. While this is going on, we have to remember the old adage that corruption will never go away and never end when you put the corruptors in charge of ending the corruption. And when you think of it in that in that face, then you realize that nothing's ever going to get fixed in Washington, D.C. And while this is going on and the Democrats are crumbling on themselves and they're imploding and the Bidens are just doing whatever the hell they want to do and we're not doing anything to stop them in any way, shape or form. While that's all going on, you would think Republicans would be like, oh, hey, this is our opportunity to kind of really come down on the Democrats and really expose the Biden regime for how corrupt and how drug ridden they are which is probably how Joe Biden continues to function throughout most of the day. I don't know if that's true, but we're going to go ahead and go along with that mindset. While that's all going on, what are Republicans doing? Well, Republicans aren't acting any better. We're acting like the spoiled children that just want to beat each other up as well. We are the bickering children in the house where the parents are yelling in the back, hey, stop fighting back there. Because now we have the squabbling between two conservatives, which most of us really, really enjoy, and yet... We're bickering amongst each other now as uh, apparently Marjorie Taylor Greene has officially walked away from the Freedom Caucus. They have shown her the door because of her support of Kevin McCarthy. And uh, after the 14, 15, whatever it was, votes for the Speaker of the House, that she has been on board with him now saying that we can actually work together to get things done. And the Freedom Caucus said, well, you're not really helping our cause of fighting against Kevin McCarthy. So therefore, you're going to go out the door. And now Marjorie Taylor Greene is also creating drama with Lauren Boebert, two solid conservatives, one from Georgia, one from Colorado, because, well, Lauren Boebert has uh, proposed another impeachment bill in the House of Representatives against Joe Biden. And Marjorie Taylor Greene has called her some not so fun names that we can't really play on the radio here, saying that she's essentially stealing her ideas. The founders designed impeachment as a built in accountability mechanism for such a time as this. When a president is ignoring the duly enacted laws passed by Congress, then it's our duty to act and be that check and balance on the executive. By deliberately choosing to ignore congressional enacted laws, Biden is trampling on our Constitution. Congress's job is to pass the law. The president's job is to enforce it. Full stop. By unilaterally nullifying border security laws, Joe Biden has threatened our constitutional separation of powers and his oath of office. I mean, I agree. I don't know where anything's wrong with that. That was Lauren Boebert on Sean Hannity's show last night on Fox News. As now apparently her and Marjorie Taylor Greene not getting along. They haven't for a while. But because of the reintroduction of the uh, of the impeachment bill for Joe Biden, now they're at each other's throats because, well, I was supposed to propose that one. And I already had done that. These are two sisters now that are fighting the same cause that are now going at each other. This is my message to Republicans that may be a bit of a challenge, and I understand that, but can we please, for the love of God, can we please just stop fighting amongst each other right now and actually get something done? Can we do something productive like stopping Joe Biden? Yes, we need to be proposing articles of impeachment every single day with a Republican majority in the House of Representatives, or even if Marjorie Taylor Greene was proposing them, then she, being buddy-buddy with Kevin McCarthy, would get Kevin McCarthy on board, which would get uh, uh, Scalise on board, being the whip for the party, to go and get Republican support to go and vote for an impeachment with a Republican majority to put that on the mark 
of Joe Biden saying, hey, you're a fraud, you're a corrupt individual, and now you have illegal drugs multiple times being found in the White House within a law enforcement agency that refuses to do anything about it. Wouldn't that make sense? Couldn't we focus on them for just a second? Couldn't we focus on the fact that they are lying through their teeth about the best economic recovery after COVID-19 than anybody else? I saw a tweet. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick again here. It was uh, Karine Jean-Pierre where she had, uh, no, I don't want Courtney Kardashian. Leave me alone. What are you doing? I tell you what, man, Twitter's weird. Uh, they keep posting these things about Bidenomics on how great opportunities are for Americans, and it's just untrue. It's the lie upon lie upon lie that they say, and we're too busy wondering our purity test from the conservative side. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you want to actually work with Kevin McCarthy? He's not conservative, so guess what? You're out of the Freedom Caucus. Now, I still like Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's got some great conservative values. And Marjorie Taylor Greene says she's okay with it, that she's not being beheld to anyone. The Freedom Caucus says they're fine because they're not trying to rein her back in. Because according to MTJ or MTG, she says the Freedom Caucus isn't there to try and actually get anything done productively but to be the saboteur to Kevin McCarthy. And if that's the case, then I have a problem with that as well. We have a Republican majority. Kevin McCarthy could have done way more with the debt ceiling bill, and I support the Freedom Caucus wholeheartedly. But can we get something done, please, instead of just beating each other up? Because that is not going to bode well for 2024. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Look, I get and I understand the argument within the Republican Party to start ousting the establishment types, the George Bush types, the Rhino types. I mean, we did it with Liz Cheney. We did a fantastic job. Let's rid ourselves of the ones that pretend to be Republican and say they believe in limited government. And they're like, well, there's a problem. We have a government program for that. Let's do it in a Republican way. That's not how we do things. We believe in limited government. We want individuals to succeed, not the government to succeed. And we need to bring stuff back down to the statewide, statewide level. Or even the states are like, hey, instead of just giving you a one-time stimulus paycheck or doing something for the government, let's... Go ahead and just get the heck out of the way, remove the red tape, remove the regulations, remove the control, and let you do your thing, man. That's what it's all about, and that's what we advocate for. That is the type of fight that I want to see within the Republican Party, not the one where we're like, no, I'm more conservative, no, I'm more conservative, no, I'm more conservative, and then we have the splitting of the Freedom Caucus, and then the Freedom Caucus doesn't have as much influence, and the which we shouldn't even have to have a Freedom Caucus. The Republican Party itself should be... The Freedom Caucus. That's what it should be. We don't need sub-parties within the party. Because the party should believe in limited government, life, liberty, and private property. They should fight against any tax increase. They should fight against government increased spending. They should fight against the creation of new government programs or new government agencies and bring the power back to states and bring power back to the people. Period. End of story. If they do anything other than that, then they're not a true Republican. And that's, I guess that's a purity test. But now we have it on the other side to where, like the libertarian, the conservatives are sounding like they're starting to turn into libertarians. 
or they're the angry siblings that just fight amongst each other and they haven't quite grown into the level of I love you and respect you and I'm going to try and protect you the best I can. Republicans and conservatives haven't done that. Conservatives now are tearing themselves apart within, which is pretty concerning going into a major election like 2024 because right now we are not, I'm just telling you right now, my concern is the eternal optimist right now, my concern is we will not be prepared for 2024 at the local levels for congressional races across the country in different states and at the federal level for the presidential race. We are not going to be ready because we are bickering amongst each other way too much when it's very evident that all we have to do is beat Joe Biden. How difficult can that be? And a a dementia-ridden socialist who doesn't remember his name half the time, who's had multiple drugs found in his White House, who has on video and on audio records of him colluding and actually doing really shenanigan uh, illegal things as a vice president and a president, we should beat him very easily. But instead, man... We're beating each other up a little bit. On the presidential front, by the way, uh, many of the major donors who are still looking to try and top out of Donald Trump are starting to move away from Ron DeSantis, where he was kind of the favorite child. He was going to be the new up-and-comer. He was going to be the dude. And while we are still about a year and a half away from actual election time, uh, that means that a lot of things can change. And according to Politico.com, Breitbart has a story on this as well, that many of the major donors for the Republican Party that are looking to find that alternative to Donald Trump are moving away from Ron DeSantis to Tim Scott. And I don't know whether he's going to be it or not, or whether that's going to mean anything or not, but apparently Ron DeSantis just not doing it. Look, he hasn't had a very strong campaign. He's actually been very weak in his campaign. And I think honestly that Donald Trump kind of uh, threw him off his game with how he's attacked him in the ways that he's attacked him. And Donald Trump, whether you like it or not, has been the master of PR and running a business, and he knows how to go after a competition. And he did that with Ron DeSantis, I think, in a way that kind of caught Ron DeSantis off guard, and he has not been able to recover. He hasn't had a structured campaign. Tim Scott is a wonderful conservative. He's a wonderful guy, and he could be a great option as well. And again, I'm not endorsing one person or the other. I'm just saying uh, Ron DeSantis is beginning, at least it looks like from the public's eye, is kind of following apart and losing the bit of momentum that he had, which was still 30 points behind Donald Trump. So is Tim Scott going to be the guy to rise? There's still a lot of time in this race to see who's going to come out on top or whether Donald Trump continues to just dominate the Republican polls all the way up until Election Day. Guess we'll find out as time goes along. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yeah, darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. It's a free Friday celebration. Moving right on through here. Pat yourself on the back, man. It's been a tough week for some. It's flown by for others like myself. And I know it's a long, hard one sometimes after the holiday that we had the week prior. So you are almost there. The light is at the end of the tunnel. Let's carpe diem all over this place, baby. <laughs> That's what we do here on this show. Welcome back into it. We will get back into the the struggles and the crumbling of Republicans bickering amongst each other here in just a little bit. It's very frustrating. Can we at least try, at least pretend and try to have a strong Republican Party 
going into the presidential race of 2024 and the big races all over the nation because we need to flip them, not just the presidency, but the House we need to maintain, the Senate we have an opportunity. We could do some really, really good stuff as long as we work together, but right now we're seeing some struggles there. But I want to shift gears just a bit and get into our latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today. Show of hands. How many individuals think that there is a potential risk or even a security risk or a danger of some certain individuals in Washington, D.C.? I'm sure that everybody, even if you're driving in your car right now, you have your hand raised, hopefully out the window or not, whatever. But uh, hopefully you aware. I, I'm wondering, I have at least one, two, three, four. Uh, I got a few on my list of who could be potential dangers that are in Washington, D.C. right now. Is it true? And what are we doing about it? What are some of the threats that we have in the U.S.? And what are some of our elected officials doing to this country? Really happy to have on the program. It's going to be a fun conversation. Looking forward to him. He is the author of many, many books. His latest one, Security Risk at Senators Part 1, Arizona to Massachusetts. Security Risk at Senators Part Dose, Michigan to Wisconsin. Excited to have on the program, Mr. Trevor Loudon. Trevor, how are you, my friend? Uh, good to good. Thanks for having me on, Andy. Yeah, excited to chat with you here. Uh, it is a fascinating topic to think that even our very own elected officials who are supposed to be representing us and defending the Constitution of the United States could actually be a risk to the United States as a whole. That's a wild concept. Well, yeah, but think about it logically. There are no background checks or security clearances in Congress at all. Yeah. Now, if you were the Communist Party of China, and you wanted to destroy America, would you rather risk a multi-billion dollar trade war or a multi-trillion dollar shooting war before you were ready? Or would you rather spend a couple of billion dollars um, getting your friends elected to the U.S. Congress and the U.S. Senate to do your dirty work for you, Mm. to use the local American communists to, to buy up congressmen and senators to get your legislation passed. What what would be the better deal, do you think? That's a great point. That is a great point. If they can uh, avoid bloodshed and do it in a quote-unquote corrupt manner by leaking information, doing certain trade deals, I'm assuming that's what we're seeing with a lot of the connection right now with maybe China, Russia, the Ukraine, all the conflicts going on over there, isn't it? Well, yeah, it, it is, you know. But see, see, China is intimately involved with the border, they are putting people across the border. They are working with the American communists and American senators and congressmen to keep the borders open because that's one of their main routes of attack. They are buying up farmland. They're corrupting congressmen. They're turning your kids' minds to mush with their TikTok. They're controlling big tech. They're controlling sports and turning it all woke. They have control, uh, they have influence in in the American education system from kindergarten to PhD level, and they're stealing your technology hand over fist. But the good news is you can buy cheap crap in Walmart. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's about the that's about what we get for all of that. Yeah, there is a benefit, I guess. So he's got to look on the positive side. Where does <laughs> uh, speaking of China, let's let's go there for a second. Where does and I can imagine one individual that's at potential quote unquote security risk is Fang Fang and good old Senator Eric Swalwell. Um, right. Where does some of this fall into these security threats and what's v- in parts of the country that are vulnerable right now? Yeah, well, Swalwell finally got kicked off the Intelligence Committee. Ilan Omar got kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, you know, three people got kicked off committees, but there's at least 100 in Congress 
and 40 in the U.S. Senate who are just as bad, including, you know, your own congresswoman, local congresswoman. Yeah. But but so, so Fang Fang was a Chinese spy who had a long-term affair with Eric Swalwell, who was serving on the intelligence. She got him help to get him into Congress. He was serving on the Intelligence Committee. And she was working with Russell Lowe, the Chinese spy who was working in Dianne Feinstein's office for 20 years while she was chairing the Senate Intelligence Committee. They were both working together, both working with the Chinese consulate in San Francisco, and both were exposed, and not one person got punished. The only punishment has been eventually, after three years, Eric Swalwell was demoted. But but she was, you know, th- there's... There's no security. You know, these Eric Swalwell should have never been near the Intelligence Committee. He should never have been near Congress. Yeah. He was completely compromised by a Chinese spy. Diane Feinstein had a Chinese spy in her office for 20 years. She's worked with the communist movement since the 1950s. And when he was exposed, she said, oh, he was my driver. He was her office manager. He was her most highly paid staff member. He was her representative to the Chinese consulate in San Francisco. He went to events on her behalf. He was getting Defense Department documents across his desk. And when it was discovered, he was fired but never punished, and neither was she. That's the state of America's security. That is a major cause for concern. And the question is, why haven't they been punished and how can we punish them? Because, I mean, this is, as far as I'm aware, that's illegal. You can't be colluding. And I, I don't want to go back to like a McCarthyism where we're just like, you know, using the, the witch hunts to go after anyone who's a communist. But shouldn't there be a little bit of a vetting process to be like, hey, if you're, you know, working with a foreign agency who, by the way, is a major threat to the United States, either you shouldn't and we can catch it beforehand or, oh, hey, you're willingly doing this. Maybe we should punish you a little bit to make sure this doesn't happen again. Well, there are many ways we can do this, but the, and there's a new bill before Congress to start applying the Foreign Agents Registration Act retroactively. And if that if that somehow gets through the Senate, well, through the next Senate when the when the government changes, that will do a lot to clean this stuff out. Because I'm not kidding, you got a hundred people in the House and 20 people in the Senate who are so in bed with the local communists or the Chinese, the North Koreans, or the Cubans or the Iranians, they wouldn't be allowed to drive a school bus in any county in Kansas. Mm. But they're running, they were in the last Congress, they're running every major committee in Congress, and they're still running every major committee in the U.S. Senate. And so, you know, there have to be penalties for this. this. What these people are doing is treason. Yeah. Exactly. You know, they are selling out the country. They are, they are, this is the reason why Iran is about... These people are the reason Iran is about to get the nuclear bomb, start a war in the Middle East. These people are the reason the southern border is wide open, and you've got hundreds of Chinese military-age men crossing the border every single week. You know, according to Michael Yon, the war correspondent, these people are connected to Chinese special forces. They're getting ready to commit sabotage and acts of terror in the United States if a war breaks out over Taiwan. So this is really, really serious stuff. And, you know, um, 
Do you think the Chinese would tolerate 100 pro-Americans in their government? No, of course not. No? No. So, is... so they would root them out and they would prosecute them and they would probably execute them. Well, here, well, I'm not calling for execution, but I'm certainly calling for prosecution. People need to understand. Look, look Trump's intelligence advisor, Ratcliffe, said three years ago, the Chinese control so many Congress members now, they can determine which legislation passes the Congress and which doesn't. That was under the mm-hmm. Demo- last Democrat-controlled Congress. So that should give people an idea how seriously we should take this. I didn't realize it was entrenched that deeply on how corrupt they were and how much they actually control. That's a, that's a scary thought. We're talking with Trevor Loudon, author of the books at Security Risk at Senators, Part 1 and Part 2, which you can find them, plus all his books on his website at trevorloudon.com. Let's talk about the big guy for a second and Hunter Biden, obviously, sure, and the connections sure. that they have with China again and Russia and Burisma and Ukraine and everything else that's, that's, that's going on right now. Um, obviously, that's a major detriment to the country, but... Uh, how deep does that actually go, do you think? Well, it's extremely deep. The fact that they have a sitting president that is publicly known to be compromised by China. Well, we've, we've you know, <laughs> Joe Biden started his career in 1972, put into the U.S. Senate by a group called the Council for a Livable World, which was set up by a Soviet spy called Leo Szilard to elect senators to the U.S. Senate who had worked to gut the U.S. military. And Joe Biden, through his whole career, has spent attacking and defunding um, and and crippling the United States military to the benefit of first the Soviet Union and Russia, then to Iran, and since 2001 to, to China's benefit. You know, he has been working in the inter- against the United States his entire political career. Yeah. But the, the Chinese thing is obviously the most serious. Now, we know he's been getting money from these people. But, but the, the, the deep state, which is basically controlled from overseas, is, uh, controls the FBI and the Justice Department, and they won't go after him. Well, and it explains the push. Yeah, it explains a lot of the push of some of the uh, some of the agenda as well, with getting us further into debt, consolidating the banking industry, the push for ESG, which is essentially a social credit score like China likes yep. to do, and it's a whole uh, litany. We got to take a break here, Trevor. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. I want to continue this conversation because it's fascinating to see. Check it out. Highly recommend this one. You want to see how bad these security risks go, how deep they go in our very own government. There's always that adage saying that America will never fall from outside forces, but it will fall from within. And we're seeing it happen right before our eyes from our own officials. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Boy, oh boy, it flies right on by way too fast. Moving through, trying to cram that 10-pound reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Always appreciate you coming along for the ride today. Today, we're hanging out with Trevor Loudon. He's the author of multiple books, Security Risk at Senators, Part 1 and Part 2. You can find on Amazon. You can also find on his website, along with all his other great books, at trevorloudon.com. That's L-O-U-D-O-N. 
Com. Trevor, let's talk about you mentioned my congresswoman here in the state of Kansas. And for those that don't know, obviously, we broadcast outside of Kansas all over the place as well. But we have four congressional seats in the state of Kansas, and there is one Democrat. It used to be a Republican, kind of a moderate. It's a very purple district on the eastern portion of the state, right along Missouri's border there. Uh, but it was Republican for a while. It flipped about two cycles ago to our newly elected congresswoman there uh, by the name of Sharice Davids, who many don't know, but she is very progressive. She's part of the AOC squad. She's a big-time socialist, but she was handpicked by the Democrat Party because she filled in many of the boxes of the identity politics, meaning that she is a woman, check, she is part of the LGBTQ community. Check. She is Native American, so she's also a minority. Check. And she's a boxer, so she's the very strong woman that women that uh, the progressives like to have as that representation. The reason she stays in that seat, though, in a very mostly red state like Kansas, is because she does such a good job of keeping her head down and not being a vocal activist like AOC but still believing in the idea, but playing it very middle of the road and nice when it comes to being part of her district. Trevor, do I have about that summed up with uh, with some of these elected officials? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's very accurate, actually. You know, they, they, they know, look, she knows if she talked like AOC or Rashida Tlaib, she would not last in, in conservative Kansas. She has to toe the line. But just a few years ago, in 2017, she set up a group called the NDN Collective. Now, that is a Native American collective, extremely radical. The other guy she set it up with, David Tilson, comes from a very famous communist family in Minnesota. And the person she put on the board, the chairman of the board, was Judith LeBlanc of the Communist Party USA. And she has worked with the Communist Party USA ever since. Judith wow. LeBlanc, by the way, is the woman who put a woman called um, put your current Secretary of the Interior in her place, the uh, second-term Congresswoman from New Mexico, whose name has just escaped me. But this woman, uh, Deb Harland, is uh, was put in place by the Communist Party USA. She now controls. 20% of America and all of the energy leases in America on, on public land. And she's shutting down every single one she can because the Communist Party USA is loyal to China and to Putin's Russia. And it suits China and Putin's Russia to starve America of energy and force the prices up. And so your Sharice Davids, this moderate from from Kansas is working with one of the most hardcore communists in the United States and has worked with her for a very long time. Wow. It blows my mind that she would be on board with that. Being a Democrat, okay, I see, but being that far socialist slash communist, I've always said that if you want to look at what socialism does, look at a Native American reservation on how desolate it is, the crime rates, the uh, addiction rates, how bad things are that are run by the government with just government importing resources, it blows my mind why she would be on board with that type of agenda coming from that type of lifestyle. Well, that's that's a very good point, but then you'll find a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the big city black communities produce some of the most hardcore left-wing Democrats. Yeah, You'd true. think they would learn, but they don't. You know, look at Detroit. You know, it was run by a communist mayor, Coleman Young, for for 20 years. Yeah. It's produced several Marxist Congress members 
David Bonnier and John Conyers and Rashida Tlaib, but they're still doing it. And and I can assure you that that Sharice Davids has worked with both the Communist Party USA and Democratic Socialists of America. And just by the way, in Kansas, the recent referendum that uh, on abortion yeah. that was shockingly lost. That site, that was all run by Democratic Socialists of America in your state. That was the Marxists who won that referendum. Yeah, the infiltration that they've had, the deepness that it goes and the power that they have, I had no idea how deep this went. Trevor, we're out of time, my friend. I could talk to you about this for hours. Let's get you back on the show again real soon, my friend. What do you say? Oh, I'd love to, love to. It's, it's uh, great fun, and, and give my regards to the listeners in, in deeply conservative Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely get you back on and do some more about this. Until then... Know who your elected officials are working with and what agenda that they may have. Go check it out, trevorloudon.com. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a bit. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.